This is the Yoga 360 Podcast. We bring you knowledge, inspiration, and resources to help you live your best life. We connect with students, teachers, and experts from the community to both educate and have fun conversations from the heart. If you enjoy the benefits of yoga, value your health and well-being, and enjoy connecting with others, you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Yoga 360 Podcast. I am Steve Cotton. I'm Karen Amy. Tonight, we got a posture-based episode, but there's a little bit more to it. So tonight, we're going to be talking about Cobra. And Sphinx. So we got two postures that are pretty similar to each other, but we're going to compare and contrast and get them going head to head. Yeah, I think because they're both fairly accessible postures, fairly frequently practiced postures, um, they're a really good shape to sort of compare and contrast what you're looking for in the yin practice versus a more active yang practice. Um, And just in general, a way to talk about what you can bring from your yang practice into your yin practice and vice versa. Okay, so we're going to start out by what exactly is Cobra, Karen? So Cobra is a backbending posture. I want to start by prefacing that I've seen a lot of different ways to practice Cobra. (laughs) I know Bikram is really specific that you'll have, um, you know, your legs, your big toes are touching. You have one Cobra tail unbroken uh, and is long and strong. But I've seen lots of people practice with their feet hip width apart. So um, don't come for me if you practice a different variation, Mm -hmm. I guess. (laughs) And now that you say that, I'm sure that I've practiced it many different ways as well, too. Absolutely. Unintentionally, so. Yeah. And and as always, I mean, it's okay to do things slightly different, but sometimes cool to be a little more mindful. So maybe next time you take a vinyasa class, you try with your feet together and see what happens. I was kind of getting more towards that. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) That's okay. Um, So broadly speaking, cobra is a backbending posture. You lie on your stomach. You place your hands on the mat more or less underneath your shoulders. Your elbows are hugging in towards your rib cage really strongly and actively. And then to do the posture, all you do is go ahead and peel your chest and your gaze up off of the mat to any degree. Uh, And I do mean to any degree. I've seen people practice this with, you know, their elbows are barely off the ground. This is a very small baby cobra. And I've seen people practice this with their arms almost straight. Um, Another variation I love is especially if I do... If I'll teach three cobras in a row, I'll have you come up into cobra twice. And on the third time, I'll say, and maybe you hover your hands off the mat, just so you know. Yeah, you that's, where the rubber, that's where the rubber uh, meets the road on this one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you know you're using your back strength and you're getting what you can in that moment in that part of your body. Okay. So we're going to compare that to Sphinx. Yeah. So Sphinx. what is Sphinx? Sphinx is different. So Sphinx, your elbows are underneath your shoulders instead of your hands underneath your shoulders. Your shoulders stack directly above your elbows. Your hands can be straight out in front of you. You can grab opposite elbows. I like to interlace my fingers ahead of me when I'm practicing Sphinx a lot. Um, And then the hip bones, your legs are long and straight behind you. The tops of your feet are on the mat, just like Cobra. A little less picky about where your legs are in Sphinx for most of us probably closer to mat width apart for a little bit more sensation, uh, but it depends on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very similar to the actual Sphinx. Very similar. I would say the arm placement is the biggest difference. Uh, and that's the first thing I want to center on. That's the reason they're different. So in the yin practice, when your shoulders are over top of your elbows, you don't have to do anything else. Your joints are stacked on top of each other. You have arm bones there that are holding you up. Mm -hmm. So all you need to do is let gravity melt your chest down towards your mat. So you have like structural support. Exactly. Yeah. In Cobra, 
even if it's a small baby cobra version, your hands are underneath your shoulders, your elbows are in towards your ribs. Even if you only peel yourself off the mat like an inch or two, uh, you are still having to use some strength, not only in your arms, not only in your core, but like everywhere throughout your body versus, again, elbows under shoulders, your body's just melting towards the ground with the help of gravity. So that's an overarching difference in the yin versus yang practice. In yin, you really want to be able to stack your joints on top of each other bring your body into a shape that it can stay in without muscle engagement from you and let gravity do the rest of the work. Any other poses that these two are similar to? Yeah, I mean, Cobra poses Bhujangasana in Sanskrit, and you'll hear things like baby Bhujangasana. You'll hear things like... um, (laughs) And if you cued it like that, I would have absolutely no idea what (laughs) That's fine. Or even Salamba Bhujangasana, which is supported yeah still still batting zero here that's fine um or even upward facing dog one of our most recent posture okay i know what that is you do know what that is so very similar especially to cobra in that you're doing a back bend and honestly in cobra in a very well executed cobra you are using pretty much all the same muscles you are in upward facing dog just in a little different way to a slightly different degree which is why i say just do cobra because doing a strong cobra not easy before we started recording steven got down did cobra and what was your experience steven uh doing it cold like that it was actually a little harder than i remembered yeah than i thought it would be yeah you can make it an effortful posture you can make it difficult you can put some work into it if you want to Mm -hmm. Um, it's not a cop-out it's not being lazy and especially if uh, like me i'm rarely in a place where i can do a strong good upward facing dog i believe i'm getting more from cobra in those moments okay interesting yeah Yeah. so i'd rather just do that Um, and with those cobras that i did before we started recording mm -hmm. i really intentionally focused on the back strength aspect of it yeah yeah. Um, we'll get a little bit more into cues and things to think about later, but there's one interesting cue that I watched you do and it changed the shape and it was fascinating. So let's go on. Oh, okay. Did I do <laughs> yeah. that on my own? Okay. <laughs> no, after I said something. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what are these poses targeting? So these poses, well, cobra. Or do they target the same thing? Some of them target the same thing. So In both of them, you're getting chest opening. That is happening. It's a little more active in cobra, a little more passive in yin. Um, You are getting length to the front side of your body in both. Um, In cobra, you're getting strength to the legs. You're getting strength to the back muscles, uh, strength to the arms, strength to the chest, (laughs) uh, and length to the back of the neck. In Sphinx, it's more about length. So you are stressing the ligaments that support the spine. Uh, You are still finding length to the front side of your body, but in a more passive way. There's no strengthening here, no engagement of muscles. Both of them are really wonderful because you are reducing inflammation that builds up along your spine, uh, which is really lovely for some spine injuries. I'll be specific. It's really important for me. So um, I practice these shapes a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the cobra variation, you're also building the strength. So even if you don't have a back injury, the more you can strengthen your core muscles, the muscles along your spine, even the muscles through your legs that support you when you're standing and walking, 
the safer you're going to be when you're moving through your life off your mat. But also, it's not just about safety. It's going to be more comfortable. So those little things, you know, when you are grabbing something from the dishwasher and then you twist the wrong way and hurt yourself. Or tying your shoe and you, exactly. and you, and you twist yourself yeah, and yeah. throw your back out, which I did. Exactly. So the more you can strengthen these parts of your body that support you through movements like that, the less likely things like that are to happen. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. to know. <laughs> Wish I knew that eight years ago. Yeah, right? <laughs> Sphinx is also a daily posture for me. I, I know we joke about how much Karen loves dragons, but Sphinx is the one posture I absolutely do every single day. Um, I also will throw in a little bit of a strengthening aspect. So even in Sphinx, right, with your elbows underneath your shoulders, what I often do is just like lift my forearms a little bit, pull my chest forward, add a little bit of activation. Um, but most of the time it's just Sphinx. Um, the teacher that I took my yin training from has a few books published and he actually, the second one in particular, he said most of the writing happened lying on his stomach and sphinx with his laptop in front of him. That's how he wrote most of his book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it is a posture that I genuinely think everyone should practice at least a little bit every day. Uh, in the spine, what's happening is very similar to camel posture. It's just in a more supported way. So, uh, you know, we'll do a we'll do oh, an episode on camel one day because yeah. I don't like camel. So. No, I don't either. And I say often to new students or students who have had like an emotionally tough class, I cry in camel at least once a month. It's normal. It's okay. <laughs> I I cry inside. <laughs> also valid. And it, if you're listening and you don't cry, but it's like not your favorite. If it scares you, if it's uncomfortable, if you just drink your water and skip it don't by the way <laughs> um but that's okay i, I, I save that for when candace is teaching so. <laughs> it's really normal uh for a camel to be an uncomfortable posture because when you're opening the front side of your body you're vulnerable right uh you know when you're bending your spine backwards you're vulnerable it's not a natural shape for your body to be in so it, it is uncomfortable so there, there's validity to that uh sphinx and cobra do the same similar things in your spine just in a more supported way so it's a, a sort of a gentler approach to it but you get a lot of the same benefits of that nice deep back bend mm -hmm. hmm. okay cool so any contraindications for both these poses? yeah i would say um, <clears throat> pregnancy or any other reason that you are avoiding stomach compression that's a good one uh there's ways around that you can add a bolster underneath your your hips, for instance, especially if you're practicing Sphinx. Um, there are absolutely different shapes you can find uh, instead of Cobra. One of them is against the wall, honestly. You stand up against the wall, you place your hands flat on the wall, sort of just underneath your shoulders, draw your elbows in, pull your chest up towards the ceiling. Oh, yeah, I would never have thought of that. Yeah, so. yeah, and gaze goes up towards the ceiling a little bit as well. Same shape, the difference, your your feet are flat instead of the top mm -hmm. super feet flat on the ground. Um, but it's almost interesting to practice sometimes too because it really forces you to pull your belly up and in and then lift your chest up towards the ceiling because you're not getting yeah. anything against out of that shape against the wall otherwise. Um, so lots of different ways to modify for that. Depending on what your spine injury is, this might not be appropriate for you. Um, if you feel a lot of crunching sensation, that might be a reason to stop, or it might be a reason to just reassess. Find a slightly less bendy back bend, uh, because the goal is not necessarily to bend as deeply as you can, it's to extend the spine. When we talk about back bends 
in anatomy, we call them extensions. So the purpose, yeah, is to stretch everything out. And I like to think of um, like a slinky or a coil, something like that. If you have it, yeah, if you have it in your hand and you know, all the little bits are touching on one side, but you can fan it out and they all split apart. Yeah. Yeah. We all did that with slinkies. Exactly. And and it can get more, if you spread apart from end to end, you're going to get even more space between. Yeah. That's how I broke my slinky. (laughs) Okay. Well, don't break your spine. Um, but think about that. You want length from tailbone through the crown of your head as well mm-hmm. as arching your spine back. Yeah, that the, that does make a lot of sense because that is kind of what I'm feeling, especially yeah. in Cobra. Absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. So think about that. Um, I do want to circle back as well. You mentioned compression sure. that you feel. Uh, that's a scary word. So especially if you have a back injury here, you might be tempted to avoid these back bends because you feel that compression. And I know at first I did as well because when you have back injury, any sensation in your back can be scary, right? Mm-hmm. Do talk with your doctor and your physio. They know way more than me, not only about spines in general, but about your specific injury and situation. So talk to them. But for a lot of people, backbending actually will help. Compression is actually really healthy for the body in a lot of cases. Not only does it encourage blood flow to the area. So if you compress an area, blood flow is going to rush through there when you release it, which is super healing, super good. Um, But the other thing it does is when you think about your fascia, so we talk about fascia and yin episodes. It is everywhere in our body. It looks like cobwebs. It twines through the muscles, around the muscles. Please take a minute, stop and Google fascia. If you're near something, you can Google right now because it's it's everywhere. It's insane. Someone told me, my old physiotherapist told me that by the time you get to the end of your life, so if they do an autopsy on someone who was not very active, who was sedentary, who wasn't able to move very much for whatever reason, they need a scalpel to slice through the fascia. But on someone that finds lots of different types of movement, and I know Kim talks a lot about this in her class, it's not just you're doing Bikram, it's not just you're doing pyro, it's not just you're paddleboarding in the summer, it's lots of different things, you can scoop the fascia out with a finger that's the amount of difference that Hmm. movement can make. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, and compression helps with that. That's one of those things that keeps the fascia healthy and moving instead of stagnant and locked down. Yeah. Yeah, so think about that. (laughs) And the compression that I do feel, it's kind of paradoxical, I would would think, because after the compression, there's a lot of release that I notice. And space is the word that comes to me. Space that forms in the lower back. Mm-hmm. areas mm-hmm. especially with sphinx absolutely yeah everything we're saying really applies to both sphinx and cobra as far as compression lower spine mm-hmm. um so keep keep that in mind for both okay we're still on contraindications any others <laughs> yeah the final well there's there's going to be more like always listen to your body but the uh, final one i want to mention and touch on would be kind of blood pressure issues uh, it's going to be a little bit different from everyone but In Cobra, one of the variations you can find is looking up towards the ceiling. So the curve doesn't just stop at your shoulders. Your your neck is curving backwards as well, especially if you do that. Really normal if you find yourself becoming nauseous or lightheaded. uh, And that can sometimes be related to blood pressure. Um, Happens to me a lot. Yeah. And even if you don't lift your gaze up, for some people, Cobra or Updog are going to cause those issues. Uh, So if that's you. Find a lesser back bend, 
Um, my second piece of advice would be to tighten your glutes. That can sometimes help redirect blood flow correctly. Sure. Uh, my third suggestion is to not drop your head back. And if you have dropped your head back, your head is the last thing to come out of your back bend. And it happens so slowly. You're not just snapping yourself out. Okay. <laughs> so think about blood pressure. And as always, like if something doesn't feel good for some reason, you just stop. Chat with your teacher. Um, there's a lot going on in both these postures. So mm-hmm. a lot that could pop up. Yeah. And that, and that's what I do because I get lightheaded and, and, and dizzy whenever my head goes back. So, mm-hmm. so I tend not to engage the neck like that. Yeah. And I notice it sometimes... I notice it more in camel than in like a standing back bend, which is interesting. I get it in camel a lot. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about this now because I've never said that thought out loud coherently. So I don't really know why, but we'll circle back to this in a later episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when camel has its own head to head with something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So how about some more variations? Yeah. So let's talk about cobra first. So for cobra, you know, your hands generally are right underneath the shoulders. Uh, your second and third finger generally point forward. You might want to change this up, though, especially if you have ulnar nerve issues, shoulder issues, etc. Maybe your fingers rotate out a little bit. Um, also in Cobra, you know, you can barely lift off the ground. Maybe your chest is an inch off the ground, or maybe your chest is way up. Maybe your shoulders are almost over top of your hips, and your arms are quite straight, you know. Uh, so... I wouldn't say it's variations as much as it's different depths, and those are all available to you in your practice. Uh, As I said at the beginning of class, some traditions will have you practice with your big toes touching behind you, tops of your feet on the mat. Some people will have feet hip-width apart. I would suggest you listen to your teacher, and if they say neither, try both intentionally. See what happens for you. You might notice something new. Other variations for cobra would be, as I said, your gaze can be neutral or maybe your gaze goes up a little bit more. So you carry that back bend extension to the back of your neck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then there's more for sphinx, I think. So I like to play with sphinx a lot in class. Um, Do you have any favorite sphinx variations? Um, What I like to do for sphinx is the one that you described earlier, Mm. right? So so you're basically... Um, I would say typical setup or mm-hmm. cueing for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really like to have a block in front of me and I just rest my forehead on the yeah. block and I just sink right down into it. Yeah. And that's an interesting one too. I would suggest everyone give that a try. Even if this is just at home and you're putting like a pillow underneath your forehead. Uh, I think that one for me really drives home the fact that it's a backbend extension, not just a backbend. You don't need the biggest curve all along your spine to be backbending from top to bottom. And I think that really helps people get that extension through the neck as opposed to just tossing their head backwards Mm -hmm. uh, and finding the deepest backbend they can. So yeah, one of my favorites. Um, If you're wanting to deepen your sphinx, a few ways you can do that. You can add props underneath your forearms to bring yourself higher. You can bring your knees wide, bend your legs at the knees and rest your ankles against each other. That will exhaust, that'll bring the curve deeper in your spine. Uh, You can even practice seal for seal, similar to cobra, uh, a very deep cobra in that your arms are long and straight and your elbows get locked. That's the difference. In seal, your elbows are locked and you're just letting gravity relax yourself down towards the mat. If you're practicing cobra with your arms long and straight, you are still actively pushing your chest forward. You are still actively pressing your hips. You're still actively engaging your thigh muscles. 
as opposed to in seal, you're letting everything soften down towards the mat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I also love doing a bunch of two-sided postures in Sphinx specifically. I think it lends itself better than Cobra. Um, I love to do a side stretch. So you set up in Sphinx and then walk your upper body over to the top right corner of your mat. Still your shoulders are over your elbows. Still your chest is centered between your hands. Do that for about a minute and then go over to the other side. Um, I also yeah, love- you're pretty much guaranteed to get that in Karen's class. Maybe, yeah. I do half frog a lot as well, though. Yep, that's another one. Yeah, so half frog is you're in sphinx and you bring your right knee up so it sticks straight out from your right hip. Your right foot is straight back behind your right knee. Do that for about a minute and switch sides. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also bend your legs at the knees, cross your right ankle over the left, and soften your feet back down towards the mat. That's a nice one for the IT band. And then, of course, you do the other side. I like to hold these variations for about a minute each, uh, but your mileage may vary. Just try to do the same amount on both sides. I think those are all my favorite variations of Sphinx. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they're mine because you teach them. So. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So earlier you mentioned that there was a specific cue that you gave me. Yeah, it was really interesting. When you did Cobra, one of the cues I like to do is say, keep your hands super glued where they are, but drag them towards the back of your mat energetically. So when I did that, your shoulders went back and down and your chest lifted. Like I went forward and lifted. It looked so drastically different just Mm -hmm. from that. Like a really proud chest? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that's one of my favorite cues to give. Um, Another one you can give is rotate your inner upper thighs to the ceiling. This will make your lower back more broad and make your hips a little more broad. Uh, And then for Cobra as well, as you're lifting, think about lifting with the back of your heart. So lift like with your spine between your shoulder blades. Lift that up. Mm-hmm. As you do, your belly comes up and in. And it's almost like you're thrusting your, your lower ribs forward and up as you lift and open your chest. Engage your quads. Press the tops of your feet into the mat actively and you can even do the opposite that you did with your hands so as you think about dragging your hands towards the back of the mat think about dragging your feet towards the top of your mat get more lift in between your feet and hands and it's something i really like to pull into the yin practice as well so all of those cues are about engaging or about pulling but in the yin practice you can borrow those same strategies for a more restful posture So you're not going to actively pull your hands towards the back of your mat and yin. But what you might do is set yourself up a little differently. So maybe your elbows are a little bit further forward. So you can pull your hands back just enough to get your chest forward and then relax. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you will actually actively lift your inner thighs to the Mm -hmm. ceiling, your outer thighs down towards the mat so that you feel more broad and can then relax. You know, instead of actively pressing your feet into the mat, um, if you have tight ankles, maybe you make sure that there's some support underneath them so that you have the longest straightest line you can have from top to bottom. So take the wisdom that you learn in your more active yang based class and pull that into your yin practice because you have the same body. You have the same anatomy. It's still the same shape. The only difference is that in the yang practice, you are using your muscles to pull yourself into a deeper variation of the posture versus in the yin practice, gravity is doing that for you. All those same rules still apply about how to set up your body for the most success in the shape. What about you? Do you have any favorite cues or ideas that you have either in Cobra or Sphinx that you think make the posture more successful for you? I haven't really thought of it um, 
the way that you're putting it there. Um, I think it's because with Cobra, the duration that uh, that uh, that pose is engaged in whatever flow I'm doing for uh, yep. uh, for vinyasa is is kind of limited. So I just yeah. kind of do it without thinking about it yeah. too much. Um, I do try to really engage the uh, the back muscles though, the, mm. like you're saying, mm-hmm. especially for for Cobra mm-hmm. and for Sphinx. I'm really focused on just that the, that sinking sensation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think talking about engaging the back muscles, uh, one of my favorite ways to do that is to say press your chest up and forward, belly up and in, like almost like you're doing a J shape with your belly, Sure, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, so those are cues to help you engage your muscles, engage your back muscles, because I think sometimes it's difficult to engage your back muscles if you're not super familiar with where everything is so find those movements Um, actively press your chest forward pull your belly up and in uh, and opposite in sphinx you find softness and if you can't relax your midsection try to stack yourself a little bit better so maybe shoulders over elbows maybe elbows come a bit further maybe you have a bolster under your armpit so it's a little more restful yeah yeah the stack really help uh, is really important there I think just because of the alignment aspect and you want that structural support. Yeah, absolutely. And you use props as necessary. I really like this posture sometimes just, well, Sphinx specifically. I really like sometimes with just a giant blanket underneath my upper body so that I can really adjust it to exactly Mm -hmm. where I want that support. Yeah, people in the studio have done that with bolster. Yeah, I like with the blanket because I can get like a little bit under the ribs and then bunch a bunch under my chest, really under my armpits and even shape it into a bit of a U shape so I feel more, yeah, more supported. It's like custom molded. Exactly. So blanket, this is your your hot yoga prop. (laughs) Mm. Um, I do want to touch as well and say one of the things I most commonly see people doing here is your shoulders are like earrings. They're so close. Yeah. 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 Steven just shrugged his ears up to his shoulders. Nope. Shoulders up to his ears. There you go. Um, and, And that's something we see really frequently. So if nothing else, if you take nothing else from this posture, episode when you were doing sphinx when you're doing cobra press more into your mat either with your hands or your elbows lengthen the back of your neck and shoulders draw down your back and together right so open your chest shoulders are far away from your ears the back of your neck is soft and long (laughs) no crunching anywhere no seizing up find as much length and as much space as you can in this posture Okay, so we're going to start to draw this one to a close. Yeah, and we can circle back and do something similar to this later, but I just really wanted to go through and say Cobra and Sphinx are different, both good for different reasons, um, and sort of plant that seed. So think about that as you move through your active and passive practices about what you can take, what knowledge you've learned in each style that you can take into the other types of practice. Okay, and this was a little bit of a different format and so we hope that you enjoyed this one and if you want to see or hear us do something similar to this in the future please let us know yeah we are open to requests and we'd love to hear from you guys okay thanks everyone have a good night have a great night